0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam joined with Matt as always. Uh, we didn't really have much of a show planned for today. There's really not much going on. We didn't really want to review the pro bowl, you know, skills competitions, but, um, we got some breaking news right when we hopped on to record today to a shock to no one, I don't think, but also at the same time, pretty shocking Kyrie Irving requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets yet again, I think what is this the third time this season um, right ahead of the NBA's Thursday trade deadline. and wow, just when you thought things were going good uh, and uh, like this come this news comes out, again, the NBA, I say this all the time is an absolute soap opera if you're really bought into it because you just never know what twists and turns it takes. Um, before we get too deep into that, Matt, how are you? And what was your instant reaction to this? Cause I know you're not a big Kyrie fan whatsoever. All right.
1: So we're going to have to pull the curtain back once again, cause this just kind of keeps happening to us. Um, we, we had a whole long discussion about, uh, Kyrie Irving and where he was going to wind up and it was either that night or the night after we find out that he, uh, he's going to Dallas. Uh, I'll let Sam give all the, the details of what was given up and such, but, we both kind of agreed that Dallas would have been a really, uh, a really interesting place to see Kyrie land and and really give, you know, g- give Luca another option because uh, I-, I don't think they were really going to win anything unless they made a move like this. Uh, but now I think they're scary. So uh, yeah, so let's just touch on Dallas here since uh, you know we-, we went through all the ins and outs of this. But uh...
0: yeah, so Dallas, like you said, we definitely were one of our teams that we both mentioned as like, wow, that would be kind of interesting. Apparently today is some sort of contract extension deadline in the NBA. Uh, or if it's not today, it might be like tomorrow or something. It's it's sometime this week. And uh, Kyrie made it very clear that if he didn't, you know, if they didn't want to agree to a deal with him to be in net for longer than this season, his contract is up after this season, then he wants out. And instead of, you know kind of putting it up with the season and finishing out the season with the Nets. He'd rather go ac- accelerate those that, uh, his next step in his career. Now,
1: I mean, he's been a, a question mark since the second that he stepped foot here. Um, and, and you know, you could throw this season away cause it is a contract year. We kind of all knew that he was gonna, um, you know, just, just bow his head, play every night. If I'm the Nets, I'm for the first time, I'm I'm gonna put my foot down. I'm gonna say no. You're you're finishing. Well, off.
0: let me let me paint this out for you. Because
1: they can win. Now I, I know that like really I don't know what they would get for Kyrie, and you could you could depict that market for me. But like like we said, they had a. We were saying they have a chance to win this year. Just don't let them go anywhere. Put your foot down.
0: Look at the NFL and the Cardinals, right? Like how a report came out this week that a lot of coaches don't want to take the chance or the you know take the Cardinals head coaching job because they don't want to be tied to. Uh, Kyler Murray's hip injury. They don't want that to be like the deciding factor of their coaching career. Think about that situation and then think about what Ky- Kyrie Irving did with Kevin Durant. Kevin he took Kevin Durant and said, "I'm going to just bank on the fact that you're going to be back to 100% healthy and we're going to win chips." Now fast forward to now, Kevin Durant's hurt again. Kyrie Irving is going to have to f- have the has had the workload on his shoulders for the past, you know, month even. Do you think there's a chance that Kyrie Irving is like I was cool with signing with this guy so long that, you know, playing with this guy so long that he was healthy, but man, again, I got to front the load. Like I need to, I need to have all this on my shoulders. Uh, To be honest, the more I think about it, the more I almost think that that could be really what he's thinking more so than just the fact that I want to be a nuisance almost.
1: Well, but doesn't part of you feel more sorry for Kevin Durant? Just when you look at like, sure, Kevin Durant's missed time. Kyrie Irving's missed time just for no reason. And Kevin Durant just had to deal with it. Like,
0: I don't think he goes in prayers with Harden in Philly. I'm just going to go down the list. <laughs>
1: yeah. The
0: the Cavaliers don't need him. Does he go to Miami? Miami could use a guy like him, but I don't know if he would do that. Go go to the East. Or I don't even know if the Nets would want to trade him to the East, you know? So it's got to yeah. be a Western Conference team. Not the Nuggets. Not the Grizzlies. The Kings have Darren Darren Fox. The Mavericks?
1: I was just gonna say I'd love to see him in. Dallas. Uh, but
0: like, but like, would he want to play with Luca? I, you know, I don't know. I would Mark Cuban Luka, want a guy like him?
1: I think Luca would want to play with him.
0: But, but would he though? I feel like they're. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a crazy fit. And I know that the the Mavericks have definitely been you know looking into upgrading their point guard position. It kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're the epitome of like, man, we're really like one superstar. away. The, what do you think their relationship is even like at this point? Durant, Durant, like, do you think? Who? It, and Kyrie like you think Kyrie even like reached out before this came out or anything or do you think at this point it's just
0: I I, to be honest like if you're just put yourself in the shoes of like the personalities like if you're Kevin Durant and you've been dealing with this guy all year and then he requests a trade like how do you feel about that you can't like kind of you can't what I'm trying to say is they can't have a good relationship there's just no way, right? Like, there's no way,
1: and I guess I and I guess Durant did that to Kyrie during yeah, the offseason well, too. Yeah, well, that's the only going.
0: that's I guess the only way I would say like, okay, maybe they're just both like, okay, we'll both be nozzles together. Um, and they get it done. They send uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, a 2027 first overall first round pick, and multiple second round picks to the Nets. Uh, a couple things went into this, apparently via Nike. Kyrie and Jason Kidd have somewhat of a relationship, Jason Kidd being the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. And apparently, per all reports, I think this was a Chris Haynes report on Twitter. Uh, Luca kind of gave them the clearance, like, hey, trade for Kyrie. He went to the front office and told them, like, this is the this is the guy I want. I think this brings us to the next level. And now I think the not that they weren't, but now the Mavericks are much more formidable than they were with just Luca and friends. I mean, now they have Christian Wood being potentially playing off the bench who could be an all star no one would be surprised uh they have a they have a legit big three and you know Luca and Kyrie it's gonna I think it's gonna take a little bit for them to mesh but I think just given the placement of the Mavericks right now and their standings I think they can they can they can afford that time to mesh and you know see what what they can actually do with this duo. This could be a, this could be a lethal duo. We have, we have no idea. This is this kind of no one owner's prepared for this. Kyrie, as we all know, is just an unpredictable player, unpredictable person. Uh, so it was really hard to ever say like, yeah, you know, I, you know, what I'm pr- trying to say is I don't know if even the Mavericks have thought about how well this is going to work together. They're just kind of saying best available option.
1: Yeah. Uh, there, there's some things that we know now that I guess we didn't, uh, when the news first broke that he wanted out, uh, such as, I mean, apparently Kyrie was extremely adamant that he had no problem uh, sitting out the rest of the season and then trying his luck uh, as soon as free agency hit. So, I, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, this is kind of a move the Nets had to make. Uh, they've been getting bullied by their stars for years now. So, you, I don't know. I, they got a lot back. I, I, I want to see this just end in Brooklyn now. it's
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. I think it is very, very possible that we're sitting here on whenever our next recording is prior to the trade deadline on Thursday. And there's real talks about Kevin Durant being traded as well. Or to be honest, these next couple of days are going to determine the next, you know, three, four years for the nets, because there's a, there's a way Chris Haynes reported yesterday, yesterday being Sunday. Uh, the Phoenix suns are prepared to pursue Brooklyn's net star, Kevin Durant, should he become available, which is a real thing. That's probably being discussed right now. Cause if you don't, if you forgot, yeah. Earlier this offseason or in the off season, Kevin Durant also requested a trade out of Brooklyn when, when Kyrie had originally requested as well. Uh, it's, and, and there was a lot of, uh,
1: there was a lot of Phoenix sun smoke around that too, during the offseason when he wanted out, we, yeah, the Phoenix and, was the number one team we were hearing.
0: And if you're the Nets, it's like, okay, yeah, Kevin Durant, you know, arguably top three player in the league when he's healthy, but I mean, are we even going to be able to win around him? I mean, there's a lot of things I've seen today where a lot of people think that the Nets might even try and reflip all these picks and reflip Spencer Dinwiddie and try and get, like, a better tool. People have mentioned, like, guys on the Raptors. They've mentioned OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, even Fred Van Fleet. Um, I've, even, I've even seen uh, interesting reports where the, the Suns were interested in Kyrie Irving and actually offered a deal of Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and some picks for Kyrie Irving, which would have been a crazy shakeup. But honestly, that could have been one that could have helped both teams. Uh, the Suns, obviously, Devin Booker is going to return uh, from a lengthy injury recovery this week, and they've been kind of a shit show in the NBA of, of late. Uh, but with him back, you know, they're, they're definitely a contender in the West over there. But another – I mean, the West is crazy right now with the Mavericks, Nuggets. I mean, Steph Curry's out for a while, but – uh, They've got like four or five teams before I get to the really the Celtics, which are the best team in the East.
1: Right. But don't like let's say you're the Nets. Don't you just think it makes more sense to just forget about retooling uh, when you already didn't get uh, ready to win now type pieces for Kyrie Irving? And, you know, like we just mentioned, it sounds like Kevin Durant's going to want out anyway. Like, why wouldn't you just start from ground zero and just just call this a failure? That's what it was.
0: Well, because I think that you also got to realize that Kevin Durant, like you can, you can contend anytime you have just Kevin Durant. So I think if you're meticulous about your next moves, you can hop right in. I mean, there, I don't think it's a crazy thing to think that in you know four days from now the Nets could be better than what they were. You yeah, know, it, be- if they, it's it would be hard for sure. But and but and you're also selling too, out
1: for a half season of Kevin Durant and one playoff run.
0: Uh, sure, but I mean, if you're if. maybe Kevin Durant doesn't want that. Maybe Kevin Durant doesn't want to be traded anymore. Just, just, I have no idea. This is pure speculation, but you know, maybe he's sold on the fact that could have, is it crazy to think that Kevin Durant's sitting there? Like, wow, finally this guy's out of here. No, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not that he would ever come out and say that, but, um, let me ask you this kind of unrelated, but I I was thinking about this this weekend. Uh, I didn't even like preface this, but, um, what do you think is, I'm trying to put a way to phrase this. When you talk to people about sports or like are on Twitter about sports, what do you think is like the most annoying sport to talk about with someone that is clearly uneducated in sports? That's Does that a good make sense? question.
1: That, that's a good question. I, I think, think fu- basketball
0: is high up on that list for me. Yeah.
1: I think football is the easiest
0: to, I think so. Like fake. How do, It's the hardest to fake. I should say.
1: Yeah. I, I would say it's probably basketball or baseball.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I mean, baseball. I feel like base people can understand baseball. It's kind of like very simple. Three strikes, you know. Yeah, but, three but hours, blah, I mean, blah. like,
1: I mean, I feel like the most ridiculous radio calls we hear are usually like
0: Yankee-centric, like that kind of. Yeah, kinda. yeah I, I don't know. I just thought about. It, or I saw like you know I was just talking to these people like you know at at the football field and stuff like that like. Well, like, give me a quote,
1: give me a quote, because as you know, I'm not, I'm not on the, on the same level as you NBA wise. So I want to see well, how close I am.
0: Like, for instance, like people will say like, like instantly people will say like, damn, the Mavericks really got better because they got Kyrie, which yeah, like sure. They, they definitely got like a the better player, but not getting the better player doesn't always mean necessarily that they're going to work together. Like, you know, you could have Shaq and Rudy Gobert are two unbelievable players, but would they work on the same team? Probably not. You know what I mean, like stuff, like little things like that. That that's just a small example, but I think it's hard to to really fake that in uh in other sports. I don't know. It's just something, just something I thought about earlier. I just wanted to get your opinion on it, but um, yeah, Kyrie Irving. Look, I I honestly do wish him the best. Uh, I think if anywhere he can go, Dallas is a place that he can get sat down and kind of straightened out, uh, maybe a little bit by Mark Cuban. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. Personally, I'm not sure how they, uh, how they will look together. But I guess only time will tell.
1: Well, right, but it, it's only gonna work for for as long as it works with Kyrie, right? You're gonna have that grace period of, uh, I love it here because I hated it in Brooklyn, and that'll that'll get you through a year or two, maybe. Um, you know, like we said, this is just kind of gonna be the next uh, Kyrie Irving victim.
0: Yes, but I think that kind of what you thought with the Nets too, I guess, or even. When he remember when he was being recruited, especially for the Knicks side of it, was hey Kyrie's not only gonna mean just Kyrie, it'll mean like it'll make us a more attractive place for other superstars. Like I think the Mavericks are trying to parlay this into saying like maybe Kyrie is a rental, which he very well could be. You know, it's he. There's no contract agreed upon, but
1: I know. Uh, but you have to with what they gave up. How do you not? It well, would be, be well,
0: okay. So sure, but if he's a rental, then I mean. Maybe he just he just the the best thing he does for the Mavericks is just show another star that Luca can play alongside another star.
1: Yeah, I don't know that that's worth that's worth giving up what they gave. But honestly,
0: but like they're not that. If you think about what they gave up, they gave a twenty twenty nine first round pick. Luca's gonna still be doing what he's doing when he's twenty nine. He's twenty three right now or whatever he is. Yeah. Or, and you know, he, he's still going to be fine as long as he's, as long as he's like, even like, you know, three quarters of what he does now, they'll, they'll have their head above water. So, you know, you can't really worry about that right now. I guess um, so. But I think their biggest focus for the Mavericks is just kind of getting over that hump of, uh, you know, I, I say this about the, the Nuggets and I say this about the 76ers now, but they're very like one man dominant. Like they, the 76ers rely on Embiid, the uh, Nuggets rely on Jokic and then. Uh, what's it, called? the Mavericks were leaning on on Luca like so much, so that they just weren't really winning anything. Uh, okay. I feel like in in today's NBA, you kind of need one or two, you know, big time stars to really to really you know do anything. You know, LeBron AD, Kawhi, Paul George, Tatum, Jalen Brown, like those are those are A plus guys all over the board. And now the Mavericks are one of those teams with two A plus guys, so they to me they instantly have to be in contention. So yeah uh i mean i mean at what cost is you're right when you say like they gave up a lot but you know if they get to the western conference finals and even if they lose that's better than what they've done in the past so is it really i mean maybe but you're you're kind of the best thing i've seen with, about these draft picks that people are floating around is you're trade you're trading sixth graders yeah essentially yep
1: all right well it was important that we uh updated this before we put it out um but the next time that we speak will probably be Thursday, probably right after the deadline. So if if you had to look into your crystal ball here and give me a Knicks prediction, did they make a move here? I mean, you have to think someone, right?
0: I think one of reddish or Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier is going to be tough. Although he did play well the other day, uh, Sunday actually against the Sixers best win of the next season. I think so far they were down big, came back great win. Yep. Um, but I think Evan Fournier would be involved in, like, a bigger deal for someone like a Russell Westbrook, which I still I don't think is happening. But, like, a one-year rental guy that maybe the Knicks can see will help them now that just kind of is getting paid too much. Even, like, a Kyle Lowry maybe. Some, you know, someone to that, like, level. Even I've even seen the Cavs looking possibly trading Kevin Love. That would be pretty cool if, if you can throw Kevin Love into this rotation here. Just, like, another, another shooter with veteran experience to kind of show. I would love to have... You know, Kevin Love around a Jericho Sims and a Mitchell Robinson and especially an Obi Toppin just to kind of develop their game for even a year. I'll pay. That's fine with me. So right. that's that's really it. And I don't, I don't think any big splashes. There's not really too you know, the biggest splash I could see them make is OGN and Obi, but I don't I don't think that happens. I think the Raptors are gonna ask for too much.
1: Yeah. All right. So well that'll do it. Yeah. See you later, Kyrie. Don't let the door hit you.
0: So on to the other side of New York, the New York Knicks coming off and kind of in the midst of one of their toughest stretches on their entire schedule games against the last couple of games have been rough Cavaliers, Celtics, Nets, Lakers, uh, then the heat Clippers 76ers magic, little soft spot 76ers again, they're, they got a tough stretch of their schedule. And I'll say this. They're playing good basketball against good teams. Have they had some really bad uh, losses of late? Yes. I thought that um, the Lakers' loss was... I thought they easily could have won that game. Um, even the that game... It, that's Here's the thing. They'll, for every great win that the Knicks have, they'll have a just as shitty loss. They're playing good basketball. Uh, I, I really do believe that. Except I'm starting to get a little tired of these Thibs antics. I really am. Uh, like, I, I had been on the... Earlier in the season, I had been on like the the skeptical bandwagon of Dibs, but now it's like, like some of these. Obviously, he does some good things late in games with his timeouts. I think he's he's one of the better uh, clock management coaches in the entire league. Just watching the Knicks at a very, um, you know, fine level. I think he's very good at that. But you know, inexcusable to leave R.J. Barrett, you know, it, off of the off the floor the other night, where in the fourth quarter he didn't play a minute. I think that was I think it was the Lakers game. Lakers game. RJ Barrett is rightfully so playing having an awful game. 5 of 13 from the field with 13 points. He only played 27 minutes. But you're getting Isaiah Hartenstein 40 minutes over RJ Barrett and it doesn't really bother me the fact that they're benching him or they had benched him in going into the fourth quarter because he was playing poorly. What kind of bothers me and it's going to be something that has to bother other Nick fans you Very, very strongly denied trading RJ Barrett for Donovan Mitchell, and he's even a guy that you would think about benching in the fourth quarter. I mean, you look at you look around the league, the Thunder's untouchable guy, Shea Gildas Alexander, he's got the ball in his hands 24 7 in the fourth quarter. Bradley Beal, untouchable for the Wizards, got the ball in his hands 24 7 in the fourth quarter. To me, the the bother the thing that bothers me the most. Is the fact that they they were so against trading RJ Barrett, and it's almost like they have one foot in, one foot out on RJ Barrett. It's frustrating, it really is.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't. I, I think it was. Yeah, it was the Laker game down the stretch there. Just yep. speaking of trying to close games, and Tom Thibodeau. I think we all in unison agreed. Like, how is the ball not in Jalen Brunson's hands right now? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's what he's here for. That's the guy who's going to make the decisions for you. I, I, I don't know.
0: No, you're you're very right, and I think like so that Laker game. Uh, Jalen Brunson actually had a great game, but I do agree that sometimes, and this has kind of been a concern of mine, like just through just basic, you know, basketball thought. I don't like having guys that are very bald, two guys that are very ball dominant on the same court, like at all times, right? Like you watch the Lakers and they're not the best team, right? Or you watch the, let's say the Nets, right? The Nets are a little bit better than the Lakers, right? Obviously the Kyrie stuff that we just discussed is one thing, but when Kyrie's on the court, and he's handling the ball, you have full faith in your offense, right? And, you know, there's no one else on the floor that that kind of is demanding the ball. Everyone's doing their role, screening, moving off the ball. Uh, no, one, no one is just sitting in the corner waiting for the ball to come back to them so they can make a play with someone else. But with the Knicks, I feel like they get into a mode sometimes where it's like, all right, Jalen Brunson, you ISO this play, and then if you don't get it, then it's Julius Randle's turn. And then if he doesn't get it, then it's R.J. Barrett's turn. It's like... Move the ball, and you will get your shots. Like don't yeah. I don't want, like this ISO ball late in games. It's is kind of frustrating. And to, personally, to me, that's more of a coaching thing than it is a player thing.
1: Yeah, what's really the uh like? What's the what's the clock at for Thibodeau? Like, do you, do you think they they go into next season just Thibodeau's definitely your head coach? Uh,
0: I wouldn't say to me right now. I believe it's probably like seventy percent chance that he will be the coach next year. But I'll say this. It's directly tied to what the Knicks do. You know, if the Knicks get into uh, get into the playoffs and get embarrassed, or if they get into the playoffs and and kind of even look like they belong a little bit. You know, if they go four two in a series or something like that, or even like three two, or you know, whatever. If they look competitive, I think that's a stride. That's a that's a good step forward for the, for sure. But if they don't get it, or you know, they they fall short and have an epic collapse, like hint hint, they've had a lot this year. Yep. Uh just from a single game perspective, but I think they're it's directly t- it's a weak answer, but he, I think he's directly tied to how this team ends up. Um I think they're they're going to look to be quite active at the trade deadline. There's been there's been talk of OGN and Nobi, which would be a great move. Uh Alex Caruso, another great move, but here's the thing. You can be 70% that Dibbs is your head coach like I am, but then it feels like he's just trying to acquire guys that are his kind of guys. So what is that uh, does that say like let me. I, what I'm trying to get at, and I guess in fewer words, is what they do at the deadline will very, very directly say what the Knicks think of their current situation. Like yeah. if they're going to buy a guy like Ananobi or buy a guy like Alex Caruso, then that they believe that they can compete this year. Maybe mm-hmm. not contend for a title, but they can give. You know, if, if the Knicks play their A game, they can give the Sixers a run for their money. They can they can make it a game. They can make it a series for sure. Do I think they win those series? No, I don't. But I think they're, they're, the Knicks play a style of basketball. They compete with anyone any night. And I think that this competitive part of their schedule is just showing that.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, when I was watching the Knicks yesterday, there's like maybe five minutes, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And I got a text from my friend and it was like, oh, yo, the Knicks are about to start. Cause re- like, really, like that's, that's where the game starts and ends sure. right there. I'll yeah. tell you what, what would end Tom Thibodeau and, uh, New York is if the Knicks found themselves getting into the Kyrie
0: sweepstakes and winning. That, yeah, that's not that's not that, a pair
1: that would work out.
0: Yeah, hell no. I mean, well, I will say this though. I do agree with you ultimately, but Jacques Vaughn. Everything I've seen of him is all he does is is preach defense, defense, defense. If if that's what and Kyrie Irving speaks very highly of Jacques Vaughn, he he wouldn't have that. He would that not true. be the coach if this wasn't true. So maybe Kyrie would like the competitive fire that Thibs is about. And to be honest, Thibs seems like a no-bullshit kind of guy. Like, yeah. just like, you know, he's not the kind of guy that's going to be, you know, you're never going to see Thibs make a ridiculous quote in a press, a post-game press conference. He's not going to act up on the sideline or get into a screaming match with his teammates. Sure, the Cam Reddish stuff is a little ridiculous, but I think that's more of a feud with the front office than it is a player. Yeah, uh, he, even, he even said today, or I think yesterday, Someone asked him about Cam Reddish in that situation. He literally said, "Cam and I are fine. Like, you know, we're we're cool. We totally understand how the both levels we're at. Like, is Cam Reddish probably the happiest not playing at all? No, obviously. But again, he's a he's going to be a piece that I think the Knicks will deal him. Fournier, maybe some picks depending on what they return. Um, but this will be a very interesting couple of weeks coming up for the Knicks. Uh, the next couple of games, they they host the Clippers. That's going to be a tough game. Then they host the 76ers, another tough game That's Saturday and Sunday. So that, that 76ers game, uh, could be a Philly home game on a, on a Sunday at six o'clock ESPN game too. Uh, that could get ugly on a back to back for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, waiting on Mitchell Robinson to get back. I I think uh, he was going to return right after the all-star break. That's cool. He's been missed. Um, but kind of even keel there. They've played some good games, played some bad games. Um, Anything else you want to add to the next before we get into our um, fun little list we have?
1: I have a uh, one question for you. It's, it's just an opinion question, just to kind of round out the Kyrie stuff. Go ahead. Do you think that players around the NBA, I mean, like the elite tier of players around the NBA, um, are turned off by Kyrie at this point? Like, wouldn't want to play with Kyrie at this point? I think that I think superstars hold Kevin Durant in a much higher regard. And I feel like after this breakup, do you see players being like, I don't know that I want to get involved with Kyrie Irving. Like, do you think LeBron would want to go around
0: that again with Kyrie Irving? So, so my answer is half-baked because 50% of it is yes and 50% of it is no because do I think that there are some players that would definitely love to be playing with Kyrie Irving right now? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think there's guys, like, obviously positional, but if you you added a caliber of player like Kyrie Irving to – a Dame Lillard-led Portland Trailblazers team. Obviously, I don't think that would work, just the way they play. But, like, would 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 uh, Dame, Dame Lillard would be silly to not accept a guy of his caliber on that team? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's very situation-based. Like, would Giannis want to play with – would Giannis want to bring that into Milwaukee? No, I really don't think so. Would Kawhi or Paul George want to bring that into uh, the Clippers locker room? No, I don't think so. But I think there's definitely – would Luka bring that into the uh, Dallas Maverick locker room? At this point, I think so, because I think that there he's been very open about you know I'm not happy if the front office isn't making moves, yeah so uh, kind of half in half out on that question, very situational basis is how i'll I'll answer that yeah. um how
1: was uh how was your groundhogs day? uh
0: me and pluck Phil where i had I had the hunch before I got the some inf- insider info on mr mr phil
1: are you are you excited about the uh about the results since you you enjoy being freezing cold for whatever reason?
0: Uh, I won't say I enjoy being freezing cold. I just don't like being aggressively hot, um, and I'd much rather be freezing cold than aggressively hot. Yes. Yeah, so uh, me and me and I call him Pucks. Me and Pucks very uh, <laughs> very in in tune together. So was okay. pretty was quite uh, happy with the was, surprise there. Uh,
1: the other night I was bored. Uh, not even bored, just perplexed because I know ne- I never really thought about Groundhog Day because. It's really dumb. Like, like think about that for a minute. Like, we we it do is. that. We do that to this day, and we and we take it <laughs> like pretty seriously. It's almost
0: just pageantry, though. Like,
1: right. So, well, that's kind of what I thought. I so I just went into this rabbit hole of like just the origin, how it's conducted, everything, and I wanted to read you uh, a quick passage. Okay, I just wanted to educate you on Groundhog's
0: Day. Passage sounds religious. I'm getting a little scared. Yeah. Um. Okay. I,
1: I'll start here. This is just this is just halfway through. This is a this is a long drawn out. It was ridiculous to read. I, I laughed several times. Thank you for uh, doing that for me. This is the, this is the passage I'm going with. Uh, the vice president of the inner circle prepares two scrolls in advance of the actual ceremony. One proclaiming six more weeks of winter, and one proclaiming an early spring. At daybreak on February second, Punxatany Phil Pucks awakens from his burrow on Gobbler's Knob. That's where he lives.
0: I, I, I actually did know that.
1: Okay, Gobbler's <laughs> Knob. <sighs> okay, he is then helped to the top of the stump by his handlers, and purportedly... In explains, full suits
0: and top hats, by the way.
1: Yes. Uh, and explains to the president of the Inner Circle, in a language known as Ground Hajis, This is that's dictionary word. That's that's a a, like that's a real word. That's a language. Okay, okay. Ground hajis, whether he has seen his shadow or not, the president of the inner circle, the only person able to understand ground hajis through his possession of an ancient wood cane, then interprets Phil's message and directs the vice president to read the proper scroll to the crowd gathered on Gobbler's Knob and the masses of. Faithful followers. That's spelt faithful, starting with a ph. Followers, starting with a ph. I get, I get it. Right, so it's like Phil Swifties. Ties. If you're, yeah, uh, just if you're a, a punksatoni Phil Stan, uh, and the masses of faithful uh, followers tuned into live broadcasts around the world. I, I just wanted to. There were uh, like seven words in there that I couldn't believe I read.
0: So two things. I'm a little offended by the the fact that you underestimate my punksatony Phil Groundhog Day knowledge. Little offended. Very, very, very aware of uh, his his location and his, uh, I call him Pucks, obviously, of Pucks' location. And that was a very strange promo of our Groundhog Day show next year, live from Gobbler's Knob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should do that.
0: <laughs> that would be absolutely electric. Just we'll pause the little, show, yeah. like a moment of silence when he reveals his shadow.
1: Yeah, that'll be our first uh, just, like, live broadcast yeah. show.
0: <laughs> oh, show up to, what is it called? Gobbler's Knob?
1: Yeah, Gobbler's Knob.
0: Go- that's like oh, that I, sounds like I a location. can't tell.
1: I can't tell if like we're doing it as a bit, or like if we're halfway through. Like I don't, I don't understand
0: what we're doing. You mean like as a country? Y- yes, in terms of Groundhog's Day. Yes, uh, I, I mean, is it gonna get canceled? <laughs> no, is there I just think like, cancelable like, about are, Groundhog Day. Like
1: no, just feel like are we doing it as a joke? Is what I
0: want to know. It's like a, it's it's like um. To me, it's, like, the equivalent of lighting the tree in, in New York. Like, people, um, hundreds of thousands of people go and watch that, and it's just, like, the stupidest thing. And honestly, at this point, it's just flipping a switch.
1: But is that dumber than, look, uh, like, anointing a man who's the only person in the world who understands groundhogs to then convey the message of the groundhog to the people about how many <laughs> weeks of winter are going to be left? Like, are we, are we, are we being serious?
0: conveying the, the message of the groundhog that's the title of my next book yeah um anyway uh thank you for that and all of our groundhog uh enthusiasts that listen we're huge in in gobblers knob i heard big time yeah. i think phil listens to us during his hibernation yeah um but i think there's a lot of nfl fans that are in hibernation right now and oh you always, got me
1: this week by the way
0: yeah Man. oh oh yeah our picks we are an updated score on our picks. It is now five to four. Is yeah, it? Yeah. You. Yeah. Five to four. You didn't get either. No. Wow. An absolute. You were on the 49ers and you were on the Bengals. Uh, what are your thoughts on this week? Because now we're you're at an interesting spot going into the Super Bowl again, final Jeopardy style. I have five points. Matt has four. How much will he risk? How much will I risk? Who's our pick going to be? We'll reveal that next week. Um, but how do you oh, yeah. feel going? zero and two down, down in crunch time.
1: Not good. I don't know. I really don't. And this isn't like hindsight 2020. Like I kind of regretted the Niner pick before that game even started. I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know why I went 49ers, but um, I was
0: all, I, I was obviously all over the Eagles. I had the Eagles for three points. Yeah. Uh, big he, moving day. I call it,
1: which which I don't understand. Cause you, you wanted, you, you liked the giants to beat them. And then just all over the Eagles. I was, I was there for the
0: story. I was there for the story, but I just thought that it was, that was way too big of a, a test for Brock Purdy. I know the right. injury, blah, blah, blah. Uh, even
1: if they don't lose them though, I, I don't see them winning that game,
0: I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I love the Eagles because I think they're de- That was the best defense in the coldest temperature on the road in his first road playoff game. There was just so many boxes to be checked for the Eagles regardless of like who was on the field is was kind of my point. Um, yeah. but we're, uh, we're here. Yeah, I, don't, five I, don't feel, four.
1: I don't feel good about it though. That was a, uh, and you know, the Bengal game was just the Bengal game. I, I don't, I'm not in the mood to get into a whole, you know, conversation about the NFL officiating right now. And I'm not using it as an excuse either. I mean, they, you know, they lost fair and square, but that, that was like, that was a tough watch just yeah. officiating wise.
0: Yeah, no, it, but I will say this. I thought the Bengals played a really sloppy game. Just overall, um, and then I think the cherry on top was obviously the last play to put the Chiefs in the field goal position. But in today's NFL, that's a penalty hundred percent of the time. Oh yeah, and I don't I, feel bad.
1: Hundred percent. I, I feel terrible
0: for that kid, though. I do feel bad. I, honestly, I don't like you. You just to me, I'm over feeling bad for like those kind of calls. Like if it's egregiously a bad call, like you know someone just puts oh, no, their no, hand no, no on the quarterback. No, that's that's but... not my
1: point. I just mean I feel bad for the kid after it happens. Not not. Because, yeah. like, oh, it cost him the game. I just, like, it would – you'd hate to be him
0: after that oh, game. I would feel worse if I think that – if he doesn't make that, they probably still run one more play. And I'm not so cert- – I'm not certain that they they still don't lose. You know what I mean? Like, even if that doesn't happen, they gained 15 yards. But I think there was, like, eight seconds left on the clock when they kicked it. they probably run another play, get 10 yards there, make it a little longer of a kick, probably harder. But I, I think that – there was a lot more that went into that loss than just that one play is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, so you say you feel bad for the guy, our list this week, that a little bit of a little bit of a draft here is, I don't know how I wanted to phrase this, but I guess if we had to draft franchises, NFL franchises, just an NFL franchise that you would not want to be a fan of from, I guess the least being number one to the, I guess more, most likely being number five but these are all going to be horrible franchises in in our eyes. So for instance, well,
1: okay, so does this mean all time or does this kind of mean no, right no, now this, and moving forward? No, no, in the
0: in the present day. Okay, making what, sure. what what team or what franchise would you be, you know, if you if someone knocked on your door and said, "Hey Matt, you need to root for this team for the next, you know, 5-10 years uh or this is your new team, Matt. Matt, this is your new team. Who what teams would you be the most disappointed about?"
1: Okay. Starting um, today. So, okay, so, I'll let so you this, go
0: first since this okay. is my idea.
1: Thank you. I was gonna. I was just about to say the opposite. I was gonna say, "Well, this was your idea, so you go ahead and go first. Um, you go because
0: I think I know what your number one's gonna be. You can have some personal vendettas in this as well. Just saying, because I definitely do.
1: Okay. Um. Hmm. I don't think you know what my one's gonna be because I don't know what my one's gonna be. Um. I have a hunch. You think I'm gonna say the Jets?
0: No, 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 no. I w- I have no no local teams on this list of my okay. my, on my list at least.
1: Okay. Um. So I kind of wrote them in order, but now I'm looking at it. All right, so I'll be fast later on, but I want to make sure we get the first overall pick right. You know, I don't want to jets myself here. Gotcha. Um, no, let's say say Cleveland, you know? Like, they've just, there's nothing you could even look back on and be proud of or happy about. There's really nothing to look forward to. You just mortgaged everything for a quarterback who missed the entire season. He comes into play. He doesn't look good. Um, they're, they're a joke and they're, they're like one of those teams that like, you know, like they say, saying, Oh, well bad teams stay bad. Like that, that's what they are. Like they're always going to be bad and, and everyone looks down on them. And I think they're gross. That would be my one. I would hate to be a Cleveland Browns fan.
0: That's very funny. I did not, I, they're not even on my list. Although, although although now that you, now that you paint it out, it kind of does make more sense, but I'm I'm almost like a, who you taking out sort of thing.
1: I mean, I, I think that. All right, I think that's a good first pick. though. I don't think no, I just.
0: it's it's not it's not a bad first pick. I just not on my. I I think maybe I have more optimism in Deshaun Watson. Um, okay. I I think they're you know Deshaun Watson and Mark Cooper. I think is going to be a pretty good pairing going forward. I think Deshaun Watson obviously didn't play well this year, but it's almost at a point where like you know he was like the hottest commodity, and yeah, he struggled to kind of get his feet back under him this year. But I think it's promising going forward for Deshaun Watson. I could be wrong, though. I mean, quite frankly, it doesn't bother me if the Browns are good or bad, but I think I'm a little bit higher on the Browns than you. Um, so that's your first pick. Yeah. I'm going to take what I thought was a layup for your first pick. It's got to be the Denver Broncos. I mean, how is it not? You, they just First of all, they I get it. They just got Sean Payton. They have Russell Wilson. But, I mean, the, the what if you break down what they took to get those guys, it's not only Russell Wilson's ridiculous contract, but it's about – Three first-round picks. Bradley Chubb. I mean, they have nothing. This is like they're on their last little – they're on their heels big time. If, if this doesn't work, you can we can see a very, very dark time for Denver Broncos fans and the whole franchise as a whole yeah. if this doesn't work.
1: I thought that you might have thought I was going there, but I, I just – That's what I, I thought was, your number one was. I was holding out a little bit of hope because I think if, if they're going to figure out the Russell Wilson thing and get this back on track, I think Sean Payton is probably your, the guy to do it. So I'm I'm gonna hold out a little bit of hope for them, and okay. again, like as much as I dislike Russell Wilson and we kind of it's kind of like a a joke on the show. I like the Denver Broncos. You know, it's my dad's team. I get you know, <laughs> I, so I, I pull for them. But I, so I, I think I've been that told you champ. own
0: a I've been told you own house slippers that have the Denver Broncos logo on. Is that can uh, that be confirmed?
1: Well, I don't own them. They were in my house, and I put them on when I drove to your house. Yes.
0: Even more weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next pick. Go ahead. All right, Um, all right. So I got the Browns off the board, and you have the Denver Broncos. Um, Give me, you know what? Just let's let's take a safe pick. Give me the Texans. Well, not even on my list. First round pick. You know, a a new head coach with the, you know, there's some optimism there. I get it. Um, They're just, you know, I think they were the worst team in the NFL this year. Uh, They don't do anything right. You know, like, when we talk about, uh, let's bring up Deshaun Watson again and DeAndre Hopkins trading him away for nothing. Like, I think that it would stink
0: to be a Houston Texans fan.
1: Because just a minute ago, it seemed like they were really on the upswing, and
0: gone. That's fair. I don't hate it. Although, the only thing I'll say is, I think I have the fact that they have such a high pick is kind of like, all right, let's hope that we can start our franchise here kind of thing. Like, to me, if I'm a fan, like, I understand we've been shit and we made some bad trades in the last couple years, but to me, I'm looking, that's a bright side to look forward to, at least, so it wouldn't be on my list, but that's why we're doing this. I'll go with my number two. It's gotta be the Arizona Cardinals. No, They, they literally can't even get a coach. Yeah. People don't want to coach this team. Kyler Murray hurt again. He already said, and look, we can talk about this on another podcast, but uh, I, was, I kind of understand what Kyler Murray's saying, where he's like, hey, I'm not rushing myself back. Like, I'm going to make sure I'm 100% healthy so that this doesn't happen again. You know, you see guys that would be like, oh, yeah, you know, I have this torn ACL or whatever, and I'm going to be back in six months when really I should take a year to recover. I kind of think that that's a smart move by Kyler Murray. But if I'm a fan, you don't have a coach. There was already murmurs already this morning even that DeAndre Hopkins could possibly be traded again. Um, and then Kyler Murray, you know, he's hurt again. He, you don't even know if he's good, really. Uh, it's the jury's still out. Um, a team, I mean, you just built a new stadium. The Super Bowl's there this year. That's cool. You have a cool stadium, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, man, that's, that's gotta be a rough, rough fan base to be a part of when, you know, you two years ago, you looked at that offense as they could be neck and neck with the chiefs.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Um, all right. Uh, my third and, uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the New York jets. Um, they haven't had a quarterback in 60 years. Um, you know, I mean, I think they've had a 4,000-yard passer one time. Uh, their their single-season touchdown passing leader is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, they have the current longest playoff drought in the NFL. Uh, you could argue they have the worst player in the NFL rostered currently, uh, certainly the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, this is just another team that never gets anything right. Uh, they're, they're kind of the epitome of misery, I think. Um, for years, they shared a stadium, and then they put a bunch of money into one that they could join together and call their own, and it's hideous. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Jets at three is actually almost a steal. I think they're kind of like the Mets in that, you know, you could point to some good moments here and there, but if you and I right now just went back and forth and just brought up, like, the biggest failures or most embarrassing Jets moments ever, we'd probably each pick five different ones. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Jets right there.
0: I can't disagree with you. They, they made my list. I had I had 10 I actually wrote out, but they made my list, um, but did not make my draft, to be quite honest. Um, but I, I, again, can't disagree with you. Uh, I As a Jet fan, I know how miserable it is. So, um, yeah, I, again, can't agree with you. I you can make the argument that they're one even. Um My next one, let's see, because I have a couple on here that are a little bit outside the box.
1: So are we doing three or five here? What's the let's uh...
0: Let's do three because I okay. think we've gotten a little bit deeper into it, and we could we can continue this as like another. We could do kind of do an extension of this if we really want to, or do the opposite of this for another episode because I kind of like these little draft things. Yeah. Um. So I guess my last one, and I guess this is this is one that a lot of people haven't really thought of or I haven't really seen too many bad kind of wrap around it, but you got to be, with this Tom Brady retiring, what are the Bucks doing? They don't have a quarterback. They have a mid-round pick. They have a bunch of old guys on a team that are under contract. Uh, I mean, they have Mike Evans, sure. They have good receivers, sure. They have one quarterback under under contract with the team, and I couldn't even tell you the name of them.
1: Yeah, you know what? That That's the one pick of yours that I'm going to say I don't like. Because, uh, I'll put it this way, like, all the teams that we named between the Jets, the Browns, uh, Arizona, I think if you asked all of those fan bases, like, hey, like, if you could get one Super Bowl, would you even care about the next 10, 15 years? Like, would you just sign up to be miserable for 10, 15 years? I think they would all say yes. And the Bucs just won. So I think it it, it kind of holds you over.
0: Uh, Sure, I get it. But, like, you know, you thought that you were going to be, you know, a surefire contender this year. your season was shit the entire year in, you know, relative to Tom Brady standards. And then he just up and leaves. He's like, all right, yeah, I'm done here. See you guys. And and he's just done. Like kind of, you know, he kind of gave you like, for lack of a better term, he kind of blue balls the whole, the whole franchise again.
1: And he tried to weasel his way out last year with the whole Miami debacle.
0: Yeah. Like it's gotta be, yeah, sure. So like you got your super bowl. Like, yeah, it's awesome. That was already what two, two years ago now. And now you have like nothing to look forward to, like really nothing. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade like a Mike Evans or a Godwin. You know, yeah. kind of just to try and like move up in the draft, even get like some pieces, assets. Yeah. They have nothing. They Tom Brady came here or came to Tampa Bay, called it literally Tampa Bay, which is, which I mean, we can, you can think whatever you want about that, but, and then he wins them one Super Bowl. Cool. Awesome. I'm sure everyone was happy with it. Great celebration. Gronk kind of made them a, a, a valuable franchise. And then he just leaves. And now they're, there's nothing to be had, so it's like, at what cost? Yeah. So I'm you know, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the happiest if I was a Buccaneers fan right now.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that we didn't get on here and do a whole Tom Brady retirement thing because listen, we all did it last year. You don't get just like Tom said. You don't get to do it twice, right? Yeah. So um, let's let's break down our teams here and we'll we'll ask uh, we'll ask the people who who was able to put together. Uh, a better grouping of just miserable people. Cause like we always say, we love uh, misery
0: here. They do call I, uh, you the misery God. So I'll be stunned yeah. if I beat you.
1: Uh, I had the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans and the New York jets.
0: And then mine is the Denver Broncos. Mine are the Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals and the once Tampa, now Tampa Bay bucks. Just misery. That's our, that's our misery list. So, uh, yeah, feel free to chime in. Uh, if you, uh, if you hear this and you disagree with us, leave us an angry comment on our Instagram post or something. Uh, I'm going to actually get this out on the Instagram so we could kind of make a graphic to go along with this. Uh, I'll, actually, so, I'll,
1: I'll be able to, I may, I may put a clip in there for it. I'll give you a clip
0: with it. Cool. That sounds good. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, we got a big Super Bowl and NBA trade deadline week next week. I'm going to reserve some of my thoughts for then too.
1: No, I don't think so. Is there anything to
0: watch tonight anything good going on tonight? Um, not really. No, yeah. some basketball. Um, that's it. And
1: but, there, there was part of me that was like excited for the Pro Bowl festivities. I thought like, oh, maybe this will be I cool. I just missed it all. And then you find out that like, uh, like Tyler Huntley's in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like, I'm good. Like, these I'm aren't good. even good players doing cool things. It's just
0: guys. Yeah, just people doing things to fill time pretty much. Yeah. Um, that's what, that's what we do here at the podcast. Just, just talking to fill time. So yep. as always, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on all of our socials. And we'll be back next week for a a huge episode. It might be big enough to even do two. So we might be back for multiple episodes next week. Um, As always, thank you for listening and peace out.